Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money, and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Trisha Nelson is an internationally acclaimed author, transformational speaker, and emotional eating expert. She lost 50 pounds by identifying and healing the underlying causes of her emotional eating. She spent over 30 years researching the hidden causes of the addictive personality. Trisha is the author of the number one best-selling book, Heal Your Hunger, Seven Simple Steps to End Emotional Eating Now. She also certifies health coaches so they can get better results, referrals and revenue by helping their clients overcome emotional eating. Trisha is also the host of her own popular podcast, The Heal Your Hunger Show. Where Trisha and I aligned was where the inner healing creates the outer transformation and could have talked for hours on this subject. I hope this episode helps you to reflect on whatever it is you use as a coping mechanism and harness it for good. Welcome, Trisha, to The Ethical Evolution. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, you're coming to us all the way from LA. Uh, For those who don't know who you are, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, uh, My name is Trisha Nelson, and I'm the founder of a company called Heal Your Hunger, and that's emotional hunger for the most part. Um, And I help people who struggle chronically with food and weight, basically, and I help them get off the diet track and learn how to love themselves, love food, like love good food and love their bodies without crazy diets or impossible exercise programs. And I do this because this was my story. Like I struggled chronically with food and weight and I was 50 pounds overweight and no diet I tried, no exercise program I tried worked for me. So when I finally found a a solution that was non-diet related, 
Um, I wanted to shout it from the rooftops and I, I created a system based on what I did. And I've been teaching that for several decades now. And then more recently through Heal Your Hunger and my podcast and my book and, and my programs. That's amazing. And um, I already know that um, just from what you said there that you and I are going to have so much to talk about um, okay. <laughs> because it's kind of been my journey too, you know. I was always the, the chubby kid, you know, um, and um, later in life I'm finding it harder to keep that weight off. Um, but what I have learned um, in recent years is it's, it's the healing on the inside that helps the healing on the outside. I, yep, I call it weight loss from the inside out. Mm. So um, that's where we see true change, isn't it? Like these diets and, you know, all of the different kinds of ways we can eat and live um, are not a way to live. It's really you've got to fix what's causing the root of the problem, right? Absolutely. It's really crazy, actually. 98 percent, 95, 98 uh, roughly percent of diets fail, all diets. Mm. You know, and yet, if you do a search on Amazon right now for diet books, you'll get like 50,000 results. Mm. And, the, you know, the, it's, it's the same information, basically, like eat vegetables and protein and healthy fats, you know, like and, and carbs. So so it's like not it's not like there's no rocket science out there on how to eat. And most people who struggle with food and weight could write a book themselves. Right. Because we're always researching, always mm-hmm. trying to figure it out, crack the code. You know, and to me, what's being overlooked that's hiding in plain sight is the fact that we're emotionally dependent on food, you know, and we eat more than we need to because we're eating to fill something that is not physical. It's not a physical need for nourishment. It's an emotional need for nourishment. Mm. And I think when you can get to the root of that and resolve that, your whole behaviors change, don't they? Yeah, no, it's life transforming. And I try to really speed up that process for my clients. And I, um, you know, I've researched this for so long. It's all I've done my entire adult life. And so I really, I think, have really narrowed in on what those underlying causes are. And uh, that just really helps people's process, you know, just speeds up the process of healing because they don't need 20 years of therapy to go, you know, figure themselves out or get figured out. It's like, if you've met one of us, you've met all of us. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the details vary, but how we process emotions and life, you know, and stress, it's so unbelievably common. And so I've just really sort of nailed that. And, and t- in my book, I call it the uh, anatomy of the emotional eater, like the personality traits that drive our eating. And so that really does help. It's kind of a cheat sheet for people. And they're like, up, oh, check check. Yeah, I do that. Check, check. You know, it just makes Mm. it so much easier to begin healing. And, you know, what you mentioned there, stress alone um, has such a huge impact on our our body, our health, our weight. Um, If we can reduce and eliminate that alone, the change we can create um, in, in, in our body is incredible. Oh, yes. And the thing is, here's a little secret, as emotional eaters, we actually create that stress. <laughs> so, oh, so, so it's self-perpetuating. <laughs> yes, it is absolutely. You know, those 24 traits I just talked about, those have nothing to do with food. They have everything to do with how we're living, mm. where we create so much of our own stress. But to me, that's good news because if we're creating it, we can stop creating it, you know, and start living in a much more peaceful, stress-free way 
Um, and then, I mean, the, the weight just comes off. Like people don't have to diet if they address the stress, if they have self-care tools in their life, if they start, you know, showing up differently in their lives, their relationships change, their stress level changes, um, they're happier, you know, like just, they're, they got a light, like they're, they're walking with a lighter step, you know? Mm. And then if you have a lighter step, you don't need food to, you know, cover up your feelings Like you don't have heavy feelings anymore. So it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool thing, but it's the, uh, to me that the, the good news is, is that we are creating a lot of our stress, not all of it, obviously life happens, but the way we respond to life and, you know, uh, situations in life, that's, that's something we can change and that'll change everything. Mm, that's it. You know, the, the response to events in our lives and, yeah. you know, when we look at the last two years, um, gosh, I bet you've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has been busy. I had no idea. You know, the pandemic happened. I thought, oh no, is this going to kill my business? I'm like, nope, everybody's eating, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it was terrible. I mean, everybody, I mean, the world got turned upside down. I mean, nobody has had a playbook for how to deal with a pandemic. And we were all holed up in our houses, you know, with stockpiled food with a whole bunch of anxiety. Mm. I mean, that's like the perfect storm for overeating is like lots of anxiety, lots of food and very few coping tools, you know, like how do I deal with it? So, um, yeah, so that it, it's, I, I'm so grateful that I have a system that I can share with people that makes it very step-by-step and predictable um, because it takes the guesswork out of it and people can crawl out of them. I and I have people who are like, yeah, I lost weight in the pandemic, you know, mm. because, because they're, they're following that system. So it, it makes all the difference in the world. But to me, addressing the, the emotional eating, and I'd like to kind of define that for people who don't know what that means. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think you just cry and eat ice cream, but it's really, um, you know, emotional eating is using food for emotional reasons, you know, Mm. using food when you're not eating, when you're not hungry, uh, binging, if you eat, you, you know, open a bag of chips and you eat a few, and then all of a sudden the whole bag is gone or ice cream, you take the lid off and you don't put it back on because you finish the whole container, you know, binge eating's, uh, oftentimes what emotional eaters do. That was me. I was a binge eater. Um, uh, you know, just snacking unconsciously, uh, before dinner, just standing in the kitchen and snacking, um, uh, thinking about food. Like you don't have to just eat to be an emotional eater. Oftentimes the obsession with eating, the obsession with your favorite foods, that plays a big part in the emotional eaters world. And also the, um, obsession with weight, you know, Mm -hmm. just feeling bad about our bodies like wishing we were thinner, doing crazy things to get thin, you know, like the diets and and other really out there solutions, you know, I call them pills, potions and lotions, you know, I mean, just always on that constant quest for weight loss or quick fixes, really, um, that end up not fixing anything. And we go and put back, put the weight back on. So these are some of the telltale signs of emotional eating, um, and it's, it's, it's definitely emotionally driven. It's not because we need the food we're hungry for. Most of the food we eat is empty calories, you know, not nutritious at all. I and mean, my favorite three food groups were sugar, fat, and starch. Mm, yep. <laughs> so, you know, like basically that's what I was eating. And so it, it, I was really, I, it was not those foods I was really hungry for. I was hungry at a deeper level. Like you talked about like that on the inside, Um, But food was what I used time and time again 
to just quiet that momentarily. And it's probably one of the most unrecognized coping mechanisms that people use. Like, you know, in the pandemic, you know, a lot of us were lonely, we were anxious. There was there was fear we were trying to soothe, you know. And so, oh, yeah. you know, we, we would have what I would call snacksidents. Um, and, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, next thing you know, you've eaten a bag of chips or you've had that tub of ice cream or something else even worse. Um, yeah. and next thing you know, you're like, oh, well, there you go, eight kilos later. Um, so, yeah. you know, we don't see that as an issue. We see it as a, you know, just part of life and that has to change. No question about it. I mean, that's another, you know, consequence of the pandemic is the people who got hit the hardest, you know, with the virus were people struggling with obesity, Mm. you know, like it was a major, major, you know, contributor to the deaths that, you know, the massive deaths that happened, you know, or comorbidities with, with, you know, people with obesity. So, um, it's no joke. Like that really drove it home. Like, wow you know, we've got to do something. This is not just, oh, I can't fit in my bikini. This is like, I'm, I'm, if I'm not healthy, Mm. if my immune system isn't strong, you know, the next wave that comes, you know, it could take me out. So there's more reason than ever now to really, it's not a vanity issue. It is totally a health issue, you know, that we've got to address. But of course, the vanities there as well. And it, you know, when we don't feel good about our bodies, it affects our self-esteem, it creates distance in our relationships, we lose our libido. I mean, it goes on and on the consequences, you know, of overeating and carrying excess weight. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a no joke thing. We have to wake up to this. Yeah. And yeah, it just blows my mind that it's 2022 and we are the most overfed and undernourished um, species on the planet. You know what I mean? Like uh, we, we just don't have that knowledge and understanding and education about how our bodies work and how we nourish them. Well, yeah. And, but I will say we have lots of knowledge on the one hand, but we don't have the ability to follow through on what we know. So it's, you know, a lot of people know that they should be eating things that are, you know, closer to the earth, you know, fruits and vegetables, for instance, we know that, but we keep eating the ice cream and the chips, you know? So it's like, there's a big gap between, you know, what, what nourishes us and being able to follow through on that information. And to me, that's the emotional eating gap because, you know, you can know what's good for your body, but still not be able to do it because you're craving the crap, you Mm. know? And so it's really a matter of how can I, how can I really address all the things going on inside so that my cravings change? Because a lot of people I think who struggle with food and weight, you know, they're, they're just tired of trying to not eat the things they crave. Mm. So they feel deprived when they go on a diet, they feel deprived when they try to eat healthy. They're like, boy, this is boring. You know, this is boring. And I really want the other food, you know, like when can I finally eat chocolate again? And it's just so important to realize that if we, if we clean out the emotions that we've stuffed for so long with food, if we start living differently, when we start having a more balance in our life, emotionally, physically, you know, spiritually, when we start doing that, we will crave less, you know, the cravings don't just happen. We're not just bowled over by this tidal wave of needing to eat chocolate. You know, it feels like it just happens, but we actually, as I said earlier, we, we, 
we pay into that. Like we create our cravings, which means we can stop, you know, doing the things that create those cravings and, and have a lot easier time and be able to say no to foods that aren't healthy for us. But people think, oh, I'm going to want it and not be able to have it. I'm going to feel deprived. That's basically torture for me, you know, but no, I, I, I'm, I'm here to say my personal experience and what I'm able to show people to do how to do is like, you can change, change from the inside to where you just don't crave it anymore. And if you don't crave it, it's not a big deal to say no. Mm. So, I mean, what's your process then for, for digging in and, and breaking that cycle with people? Yeah, well, so it's really important, um, you know, first of all, to have community. So I do my my program in uh, on Zoom, which is why it was, you know, the pandemic helped that mm. because all of a sudden people know where the mute button is and like they know <laughs> how to get on. So, but I do everything on Zoom long before the pandemic, but, um, and I do everything in groups mo- uh, for the most part, some one-on-one coaching, but I do it in groups because there's a, there's a lot of isolation and shame that goes with this condition. Mm. Okay. So I was a binge eater, like I said, which means I binged in secret at night when nobody was around because I ate large volumes of food and I didn't plan on it. I just knew I needed, you know, with my cookies, I needed ice cream. And then I, you know, I had that you have to have salty with the sweet. So I needed some chips. So I get all these ingredients. I didn't plan on eating all of it, but I generally ate way more than I planned on eating. So I had these, you know, sort of um, inadvertent binges and I felt totally sick. And then I felt very ashamed and self-recriminating. What, why did I do that? What was I thinking? You know, a lot of just self-hating thoughts. You know, and when we do that, when we live that way, you know, and then when I lived with other people, I mean, I'd eat all the ice cream and then I'd go out to the store and replace it, you know, so nobody knew what I'd done. You know, there's a lot of shameful Mm. habits of hiding and sneaking and lying, you know, that goes with this deal. If you're on the higher end of the spectrum, like I was the emotional eating spectrum. So, um, you know, that shame and that sense of isolation that comes with this problem, it exacerbates the problem, right? So you feel alone and ashamed Mm. and self-hating, and then it just drives you to do it some more and hide out some more. So I do my programs in groups because these people in my groups have all done that. You know, they've all done that. And there's something so healing about realizing you're not the only one because we all think we're the only Mm. one who have done these crazy things with food. And it's so not true. And so um, you know, when people can sort of see other people and witness other people having the same thoughts and feelings too, because I said, you know, it, we have a certain personality profile as emotional eaters. So we're, we think alike, we, we, we have very much the same reactions. So when you can kind of laugh about that stuff in a group setting, it's very healing to the heart, you know, and the, the heart is what's really hungry. You mm-hmm. know, we're really starving for connection. We're starving for love. You know, we go through our head, we go through our lives in our heads thinking, you know, and thinking that being smart and intellectual is, you know, the name of the game, but it's really not. It's being in our hearts It's dropping from our heads to our heart, that long journey and starting to be authentic and real and, and, and just, you know, be, just be who we are. I mean, I thought for so long that I had like who I was, wasn't going to cut it. I just thought, you know what? 
you know, I'm, I'm weird. I'm different. You know, I have all these feelings. I'm, you know, I got to cover it all up and I have to be this other fabulous person. And then I'm living a double life feeling like I'm not authentic, you Mm. know, and I'm hoping nobody figures it out. So there's so much about this journey that it's about becoming real. And when you're with other people who are on that same journey, it really disarms you. It really helps you feel a part of, and it heals your heart. And that's the inside, you know, that's the inside job that we're, we're talking about, you know, healing your heart, feeling connected with other people. Um, so that's the first thing is having that community is vital. Um, I also walk people through the process of, you know, looking within. And like I said, I have this thing called the anatomy of the emotional eater, these 24 personality traits, which obviously we don't have time to go through all of them. But I will just say that um, one of the traits that I find to be most common is people pleasing. Mm. And <laughs> I've never met an emotional eater that wasn't a people pleaser. And so, and, and why are we people pleasers? Why is that? I think it's really because we so often had trauma as kids, you know, like there's, there's just so many people who struggle with losing weight, who had abuse as children, they had alcoholic parents, they had sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. It's sad, but it's very common you know, of some kind. And what we did as kids when we didn't have coping tools, and we certainly weren't talking to anybody about what was happening, um, is that we turned to food because food's one of the few coping tools we had available to us as kids. You know, as kids, you don't score drugs on the street, typically. Um, So you've got food right there. And so we have, you know, some of this, this uh, shame, we have this sense of, you know, uh, just self-disgust, you know, whatever. Um, and then, so we, we lack self-esteem. Like I did, I just didn't have strong self-esteem growing up, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, when that's the case, we look for esteem from outside of us. We look for the atta girls, you know, the atta boys and, um, and, and we'll do anything to get it. Like Mm -hmm. it feels good. It feeds us, you know? And so we keep saying yes to things. We keep like saying, I'll do the project. We raise our hands for everything. We run circles around everybody, always getting the promotions, always, you know, getting the awards. Um, but that comes with a price. And the price of people pleasing is that, you know, not only do we run ourselves ragged, overdoing, overeaters are great overdoers, but we also end up resentful because nobody's ever as pleased as we plan on them being, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We barely notice or we barely get thanked. And I'm like, really? I just knocked myself out for that. So we that just we get into the the justified binges from that. Like, oh well, screw them, I'll reward myself. So mm. but that's an example um of how it's not about the food. Like it's about how we're living. And that is an example of how we create our own stress. Like when we want so desperately to be loved and noticed we end up creating stress for ourselves by overdoing and trying to please. So, you know, just going on a diet is so silly because if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always gotten. And, you know, when food is your only coping tool, you're going to go back to it. Um, And that's another thing is that people need new coping tools, you know, and that's a lot of what I teach too is how, you know, if you take away the, the excess food, you know, all the ooey gooey chewy foods, and that's been your primary coping tool your whole life, 
it's not going to take long for you to go back to it. I mean, that's why I can only last on a diet for a couple of weeks. After a couple of weeks, I'm just crawling the walls. Like I've got to have my yummy foods, you Mm. know, give them back. Um, but, but that's probably because I had, like, I had stress and I had all these things I was doing in life that created, you know, stress and turmoil, but I didn't have my coping tools. So I needed new, healthier coping tools. And I teach something called self-care success secrets, which is prayer, meditation, writing, like journaling, um, talking, like get, expressing yourself more, walking, um, and prayer writing, walking, talking, and uh, talking. There's one more and I'm missing it. (laughs) I teach this every day. Good God. As I said, it's at the end of the day for me here. So um, prayer writing. Sorry, I can't think of it. It'll come to me after we start start talking about something else. (laughs) But anyway, point is that we need to do, you know, if it can be anything though, yoga, breathing, you know, it's like really just so important that we start turning to other tools. Otherwise, we're going to turn to the food. Mm, exactly. And and one thing um, that, that came to me while you were talking about um, it's the heart that's hungry. Um, it reminded me um, <clears throat> last night I was watching the new Brene Brown um, Atlas of the Heart series um, on TV and um, she included a quote in there about how we are feeling beings, not intellectual beings. Yes. And that's something yes. that we, we're not really aware of. Yes. Oh, no. I, I thought there was something wrong with me because I had feelings. I literally thought it was an aberration that I had feelings and I was going to just pretend I was just, you know, not as feeling as I was. But I am. Mm. And emotional eaters are sensitive people. Like we're emotional people, obviously you know, but we don't know how to handle it because to be so emotional, if you don't know how to handle yourself or your feelings, it's a liability, Mm. right? You get, you get shit on people take advantage of you. You're too nice. You're kind. You're nice. You, you know, you kind of become a doormat at times. Um, so that's a big problem. And so, but there is a way, you know, so I would try to be not emotional, which of course I couldn't, and so we eat to cover up that sensitivity. Mm. Like we eat, you know, food and excess weight sort of shuts us down to a degree because to feel as much as we do feel is feels like a liability. It also feels really painful. And this is one of the reasons why people go back to eating. This is why 98% of all diets fail. We all think we're going to be happy when we're thinner. But I often say to people, can you handle being thin? Mm. Right. And what being thinner means we're going to have more feelings mm. like, the, you know, because we're not tamping them down with food and weight. So once we start to lose weight, we start to have a whole lot more feelings. And if you don't have a new way to cope with your emotions that are that are showing up after being buried for so long, you're going to freak out and go right back to food. I mean, it's just true. That's why people do go back because they can't handle what comes up for them. Mm. So, so we have to learn how to really work with being sensitive folks, you know, without having it cause us problems. And you can, I mean, I love, I mean, I'm so lucky to get to do what I do because I hang out with emotional eaters all all the time Mm. and we are so heart centered, you know, we, we do have these feelings and we're like, we're good people. And there's just no two ways about it, you know, but we don't know how to 
really uh, negotiate having so many feelings. And that's why we've used food as a way to um, kind of like control that. Yeah. And, you know, some of those uh, exercises that you included there on, in your six steps, like, um, you know, journaling and meditation and those kind of things, it's getting back to that mindfulness and, and connection with yourself. Um, you know, as a, as a spiritual coach, that's something that I work with people on a lot is, is actually being in connection with yourself and what that means. And there's so many people who just have no idea no idea what what that emotion is what that feeling is why that's happening and and when you actually just cut out all the noise and strip it all back and actually listen to what's going on with you and ask yourself the real questions and listen to the real answers in journaling you can get so many insights come out and you go oh so that's why I do that or that's where that came from well that's you know and it really can be a catalyst for change you know like I know for me it's been so so helpful um and it's just being conscious because you know like we go through life on autopilot to the point where you know we have that mindless eating you know we'll sit down and we'll do a Netflix binge and oh look we'll just have a snack accident while we're at it and you know that is not being mindful um so it's really being conscious in this feeling meat sack that we're in you know Yes, no question. The I, 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 the sixth one came to me, and it's reading, like doing spiritual yes, reading. Yes, yes, that's you know, that's something that so I do regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So beautiful because having that education and actually, you know, growing your mind um, and learning why these things happen, it really, really helps you to just cope in different ways. Yes. And it, it helps with the nourishment too. Like we have to feed our brains with new, like, like healthier, more positive information because our brains are on such a negative track, Mm. you know, of awfulizing and thinking about the worst case scenarios. So when we do, you know, do spiritual readings, when we're around positive people, we listen to positive podcasts, you know, uh, we, we sort of retrain our brain to jump to a more positive track. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Trisha, I could talk to you all day, seriously. Um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> um, and, you know, I love um, how you tackle things. And, you know, one of the things that I really believe in is that, um, you know, we are unique human beings. Whilst we have so many commonalities and so many things that, you know, in sync with each other, we are unique in our own special ways. And I think we've got to recognize that when we deal with our weight and food and nutrition and nourishment, um, that's something that we've got to be really clear on because these cookie cutter diets, programs, all these things, they're never going to work. No, they really aren't. They don't last. And, and we haven't done anything to feed our souls. And, and that's, you know, I really feel grateful that I have this food thing, you know, that I, I got, this was my, this was my cross to bear, you know, being an emotional eater. And my clients at first were like, this sucks. Like I, I don't like having this problem. And I'm like, you know what, there's going to come a time when you realize what a blessing it is when you start getting, you know, changing your life in order to be free from this, you know, it's like, you end up better off than you were when you, before you started, Mm. you know, it's like the, the, what it takes to heal from it will make your life better than, than if you never had the problem in the first place, you know, like I'm a daily meditator and I would never meditate if it weren't for the fact that it helps me not have to use food. Like, again, it's a positive tool that I use for stress instead of munching out on chocolate and, 
you know, nuts, you know, as I, I meditate instead, but what a blessing meditation has been in my life mm-hmm. that I just have so much more balance and connection and consciousness like you were talking about. So it is, it's, you know, it, we all have something that drives us to become better, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, it, me, it was food and my out of control eating. Absolutely. Now, Trisha, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? My website is healyourhunger.com. So healyourhunger.com. My podcast is the Heal Your Hunger Show. Um, so those are the, my book's called Heal Your Hunger. So I keep it pretty simple. <laughs> so, um, you know, my book's on Amazon, Heal Your Hunger, Seven Simple Steps to End Emotional Eating Now. Um, but yeah, the website, you can get a link. Really, if you go to the website, you'll get my quiz. I have a free quiz, which is, uh, will tell you, uh, you know, specifically, you'll get a personalized score, which will help you determine whether you're an emotional eater or a food addict, because it's really a spectrum. And on the high end is food addiction. That was me on the low end is emotional eating, because I think we all do it, mm. you know, so but if you take that free quiz, you'll get a personalized score. So that'd be a great place to start start with the quiz. You can also access my book, which is on Audible as well, and my podcast all on my website. Amazing. And I got the last big question for you, Trisha. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? Um, I think I'd like to see people like we we're just talking about get more conscious with their feelings, you know, so that they can deal with them instead of stuff them with food and other unhealthy habits. You know, I think just realizing we are emotional beings. It's not a it's it's not a bad thing to have a heart, mm. you know, to have a heart and to have feelings. We just have to learn to manage them, you know, in a way that's um, self-caring you know, and regenerative and, and supports relationships and, and healing in the world. What a world that would be. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of the ethical evolution. I have loved every single minute. Oh, me too. Thanks for having me and for all the beautiful work you do to spread love and joy in the world. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.
Africa.